This is the Truth Hurts Program. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. As you all know, I am a Christian, conservative, heterosexual, Caucasian male and have been for the entirety of my almost 60 years on this planet. In just a few short weeks, I will be celebrating that 60th birthday, which should be something my mother celebrates, for she's the one who gave birth to me almost 60 years ago. But I digress. The advertising campaign of Anheuser-Busch celebrating a biological male who pretends to be a female, who has some sort of mental illness that has caused him to mutilate his body into making people think he is a woman was celebrated in their providing Dylan Mulvaney with a special can in honor of the one-year anniversary of his mental illness transition to pretending to be a female. Bud Light's vice president of marketing, Alyssa Gordon Heinerscheid, criticized the brand's fratty and out-of-touch humor in a March 23rd episode of YouTube show Make Yourself at Home. Resurfaced social media pictures of Heinerscheid from her days at Harvard, however, showed her partying and living the lifestyle that she recently derided. The advertising campaign for Dylan Mulvaney immediately sparked backlash from conservatives who have accused the company rightfully of disrespecting its customer base. Anheuser-Busch, being woke, decided that they would defend their partnership with Mulvaney as, quote, one of the many ways to authentically connect with audiences, unquote, and they described their customized queer cans as a gift to celebrate a personal milestone. Here's my question to Anheuser-Busch, to their marketing team. Are you going to put out a special 60th birthday commemoration can of this straight conservative Christian white male known as Steve Z, the host of the Truth Hurts program? I doubt it. Mulvaney is a biological male who claims to now identify as a transgender female. And this queer bait decided to post multiple videos on April 1st promoting Bud Light with the hashtag Bud Light Partner. Bud Light then sent Mulvaney customized beer cans with the influencer's face on them to celebrate Mulvaney's one-year anniversary of claiming to be transgender. Bud Light's parent company, Anheuser-Busch's stock, has plunged by over $6 billion since the brand entered that ill-fated advertising partnership with Dylan Mulvaney. Anheuser-Busch stock was trading at $66 a share before Bud Light's partnership with Mulvaney was announced. Their shares were trading yesterday at less than $63 a share, an increase in value of over 5% of the company's total value. The market capitalization, a measure of their total share value, dropped from $132.38 billion to $125.73 billion dollars as of this morning. Go woke, go broke? They probably won't go broke, but explain this to your stockholders. Your company's value lost over $7 billion overnight. Where are my cans, Anheuser-Busch? 
I'm about to celebrate 60 years of being a straight, conservative, Christian, heterosexual Caucasian. Do I get special cans of Bud Light sent to me, free of charge? Can I enter into a partnership with Bud Light and have you celebrate my non-queerness, my non-transgendering, my normal lifestyle? Went out last night for crawfish and oysters at a local seafood house. Asked them what kind of beer they had, and when they told me they only had Bud Light, Budweiser, and another of the Michelob Ultra family from Anheuser-Busch, I opted for sweet tea instead. I will continue to not drink a beer that insults humanity on its face, that celebrates aberrant lifestyles and mental illness, and promotes some sick, twisted notion that somehow you can just change your gender because you want to. Anheuser-Busch, you've lost many, many loyal customers over your stupid stunt. I hope it pays off for you because in my experience, the queers, the gays, the lesbians, the trannies, they're drinking red wine and not enough Bud Light to justify you and your stupid marketing decision costing your company 5% of its share value overnight. You're listening to the Truth Hurts program. Joe Biden is an embarrassment on the world stage and here at home. We all know this. The gaff master himself, who is referred to his own vice president seven times publicly as the president, who recently welcomed Bill Clinton back to Congress when they were standing at the White House, a man who asked a dead woman to stand up and show herself at one big meeting and asked another man whose legs don't work to stand up and be proud at another meeting. A man who's been seen sniffing the hair of little girls and rubbing his hands over the bare chests of little girls. A pervert whose own son calls him pedophile Pete. A man who should not be the president has just gravely insulted the country, Great Britain. According to The Telegraph, Britain's leading news outlet, Biden's insulting decision to prioritize Ireland over the UK on his visit to mark the anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement should come to you and to me as no surprise. It's just as unsurprising as his decision to skip the coronation of King Charles III. Joe Biden, like his mentor Barack Hussein Obama before him, has shown nothing but contempt for Great Britain and the special relationship between the U.S. and England. Joe Biden began his presidency in January of 2021 by immediately removing a statue of Winston Churchill from the Oval Office. That piece of artwork, sculpted by Jacob Epstein, originally had been loaned to the American people by Tony Blair, a former prime minister. That happened in the wake of the barbaric 9-11 terror attacks on the United States. It had a place of pride in George W. Bush's White House. It was ousted by Obama when he took office in 2009, and Donald Trump rightfully brought it back at a place of prominence in 2017. Joe Biden, in keeping with Barack Hussein Obama's childish nature, decided to remove it the moment he entered the White House. Biden's insult towards England and Winston Churchill, as well as his memory, have set the tone for Biden's presidency and his disdain for our partners in Great Britain. 
His approach towards Britain, traditionally America's closest friend and staunchest ally, has been sneering, arrogant, cocky, and disrespectful. With deep roots in Ireland, Biden's track record as a U.S. senator and a Washington politician for over half a century has been one of unyielding support for the Irish Republican cause. Ironic, isn't it? As recently as 2017, he was photographed with Jerry Adams and erstwhile fugitive IRA Rita O'Hare. As vice president in 2015 under Barack Hussein Obama, Biden said that no one wearing orange, the color of British unionists in Northern Ireland, would be welcome in the White House. Another disgusting display. No wonder he's had little success in coaxing the unionists back into Northern Ireland's power-sharing agreement. It's not hard to see why a U.S. president with this track record would thumb his nose at a new king either. For Biden, the British monarchy is not something to be celebrated or revered. In his eyes, it's a joke, an outdated remnant of the empire. Joe Biden's decision to insult the British people and not attend the coronation of King Charles, it's not an issue of advanced age, difficulty in scheduling, health issues, or an unwillingness to spend time away from pressing domestic duties at home where he's screwing up left, right, and sideways. This is a deliberate snub of the British royal family. Yes, it is true that no U.S. president has ever attended the coronation of a British monarch but the last coronation of Queen Elizabeth II was 70 years ago in 1953 in the aftermath of World War II. That was a completely different time. The message that Biden is sending to Britain at this point is a joke, an appalling joke on the world stage. The British government has made light of this decision in order to avoid any kind of political spat with Washington. Biden, meanwhile, accepted the invitation of a state visit Yet the harsh reality remains that America today is led by a petty, vindictive president who thinks nothing of lecturing Britain over its Northern Ireland policy and issuing stark warnings that the U.S.-U.K. trade deal will not be on the agenda unless they play ball over Irish issues in the European Union. Joe Biden is increasingly portrayed on both sides of the Atlantic as a bumbling, gaff-prone moron who mumbles his words, can be strikingly incoherent in public settings, and this, my friends, is a true and accurate assessment of Joe Biden. Yet at the same time, you must know that he knows exactly what he's doing in his mistreatment of the United Kingdom. He's sticking the middle finger up to the monarchy in our country and two fingers to the monarchy. Great Britain, its illustrious history. My friends, Joe Biden is no friend at all of the British people. Had to bring that one up. It's absolute truth. Joe Biden finally broke his silence, by the way, on that massive Pentagon document leak that has occurred on his watch. Not only does Joe Biden keep top secret documents in his own residence, garage, former office buildings, and God knows where else, his own staff cannot keep top secret military documents from our Pentagon under safekeeping. He insists that he's not concerned about a leak of top-secret Pentagon documents, and authorities are supposedly getting close to tracking down the leaker who allegedly posted the files on the Discord website. The president broke his silence on the massive security breach today, but tried to downplay the significance by suggesting the information on the Ukraine war and that U.S. intelligence operations going on around the world were out of date. His first comments followed reports overnight that a man behind the most significant leak of classified documents in a decade 
is a 20-something-year-old video gamer, a gun enthusiast who worked at one point at a secret military site. Two members in the chat room, known as Thug Shaker Central, told the Washington Post that the suspect shared sensitive content with like-minded people. Joe Biden said, I'm concerned it happened, but there's nothing contemporaneous that I'm aware of. When he was asked if he was concerned about the leak, he said, no big deal. Experts warned the breach could jeopardize our overseas intelligence sources, damage relations with our allies, and hinder the Ukraine war with Russia. Joe Biden's stupid remarks on the ultra-serious security breach came as he simply was strolling through the gardens at the presidential residence of the Irish President Michael Higgins on a bright and sunny day where Joe Biden cares much, much more about pandering to his Irish counterpart than he does addressing the myriad domestic issues going on here. When asked earlier in the day, he said, thank you, thank you, thank you, I'm gonna go plant a tree. In other words, your questions don't matter to me. I don't care about you. He did say, I'm not gonna presume, I'll let you make the judgment. The quota hire, the little blackish girl in the White House, the lesbian black female, Corrine Jean-Pierre, insists that Biden did not talk about that subject during the one-on-one -on -one meeting with the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak in Northern Ireland. How the hell is the British Prime Minister not British? She says the subject didn't come up, the leaks, the leaked documents in that conversation, so I can confirm for all of you, she told reporters, that these documents didn't come up. Really? Very important stuff? Pentagon is certainly, they've announced that they're taking steps to further restrict access to secret information, she went on to say. We're certainly reviewing the national security implications of the disclosure and the mitigation of the impact of the release of these documents could have in the U.S. national security and also our partners and allies. This is something that's being reviewed and looked into, said Jean-Pierre, who also wouldn't respond directly when asked if the administration reviewers knew as much about the leaker's identity as the Post does, meaning the Washington Post, who usually knows a hell of a lot more about what's going on in our country than the clowns in the White House. Amanda Sloat is a top national security official, and she deferred when she was asked a question on her own at the same briefing with Little French Dip, the quota hire. Sloat was asked how European governments were responding to these leaks. She said, I will save that one for Corrine after we're done with the questions about the trip. It might well have fit into her portfolio to comment if she chose to. When Biden was introducing her at the residence later Thursday, he said of Sloat, quote, She's the saving grace of our foreign policy operation. Lord, help us all. The man behind the most significant leak of those classified documents in over a decade is allegedly a 20-something-year-old gamer. You understand how bad Joe Biden's security, national security team is? The Washington Post reported that they'd seen video and photos of the man as well as recordings of his interactions with members of his video chat group. The man was seen at a shooting range with a large, scary rifle wearing safety glasses and ear coverings. He looks into a camera, supposedly yells racial and anti-Semitic insults, and fires multiple rounds at a target. Yes, they're going to try and turn this guy into some mega-maga Trump-supporting, gun-loving, non-Bud Light-drinking, straight white male. Meanwhile, in America, 
throughout America, the assault on America continues by the left. According to Bailey Hill, ex-Obama staffer blows the whistle on Biden's kickback scheme after Hunter joined Burisma, calling it malfeasance in office. A former staffer of the Barack Hussein Obama Joe Biden administration is now blowing the whistle on the Biden family business dealings and accusing gropey Joe Biden of being involved in a kickback scheme in connection with his son Hunter's overseas business dealings while Joe Biden was the vice president. Mike McCormick was a stenographer for the White House for over 15 years, and he says the FBI has been ignoring his alarms on the matter despite his willingness to testify under oath before a federal grand jury investigating Hunter Biden. McCormick said on Thursday, quote, In February, I went to the FBI and filed one of their tips on the website. If you do that and you're lying to them, you go to jail. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth and I'm not going to jail. Joe Biden is a criminal. He was conducting malfeasance in office to enrich his family. Jake Sullivan is a conspirator in that and there's more. Obama officials are involved in it, I believe. McCormick, who worked with Biden from 2011 through 2017, detailed a key dialogue involving the vice president, his aide, Jack Sullivan, and the press on Air Force Two before trips to Kiev, Ukraine on April 21st, 2014. Sullivan, who is the current national security advisor, outlined in a White House transcript Biden's priorities for his trip to the country which included U.S. investment in the Ukrainian energy sector days after Hunter joined the board of Burisma. All of this according to the New York Post. Months later, and well after the trip, Congress magically allocates $50 million to the Ukraine energy market. McCormick said, quote, I'm sitting back there with a tape recorder. Jake Sullivan comes back and somebody asks about fracking. His answer is, well, we're bringing a lot of American assistance over for fracking. Burisma was the direct beneficiary of that fracking, and that's what I recorded, and that's in a White House transcript. In the transcript, you don't know who Jake Sullivan is. It's a senior administration official. I'm the witness that says Jake Sullivan is the guy who said it, and he should be investigated because at the time, Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma and Joe Biden is bringing American taxpayer money to enrich that company and himself and his family. Hunter Biden, if you remember, joined the board of the Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma on April 18th, three days before Biden and his team traveled to Kiev. But a critical piece of the puzzle was not made public until May 12th. McCormick argued the timeline of the events suggests Biden funneled American money overseas to enrich himself and his family and used his own influence to aid his son's rookie energy career. Recall, Hunter Biden had zero knowledge or experience in the natural gas sector, the energy sector at all for that matter. The former stenographer made it clear that he wants to present the information under oath before a grand jury in Delaware that is currently probing Hunter's illicit business dealings, that grand jury investigation is being led by U.S. Attorney David Weiss. Hunter has been under federal investigation supposedly since 2018 for suspected tax and foreign lobbying violations. 
The probe into Hunter's alleged violations began after suspicious activity reports regarding suspicious foreign transactions were flagged. They involved money funneled from China and other foreign nations, according to sources. And although the reports suggest in the months past the investigation is approaching a critical juncture, Republican subpoena power is likely to accelerate the investigation very soon. McCormick said, if David Weiss can't have me in front of his grand jury explaining what I know as a witness, then it's a fraudulent grand jury. It's a fraudulent use of the American judicial system to cover for Barack Obama and Joe Biden's crimes in office. Of course, Joe Biden repeatedly claimed that he's not spoken to his son regarding these overseas business dealings, but McCormick argued the information he has incriminates Biden and likely many more officials that he worked with in connection with his alleged influence peddling scandal. McCormick asked, If I went in there, I would tell them to have Barack Obama called in as a witness because he's part of the conspiracy, he's an ex-president, he has to answer to who was in charge of this, putting Joe Biden in this role. And of course the big question, did Barack Hussein Obama know about it? There's evidence that McCormick says he has seen and put in his substack on April 16th, so two days before Hunter Biden joins Joe Biden with Hunter Biden in the West Wing, they have a meeting. They have a meeting, then later that day in the evening, Joe Biden spends a day in the limousine in the back of Barack Hussein Obama's limousine in western Pennsylvania. This goes on and on. I'm not going to continue. The bottom line is we now have someone who will probably end up committing suicide because that's the Obama-Clinton-Biden playbook. The truth is coming out, my friends. The question is, will Joe Biden's advanced age allow him to live long enough to be brought to justice. Since he's a Democrat, the answer is they'll drag it out long enough till he's long dead and buried, and then the story will be buried along with him. And finally today, a quick dash through the remaining headlines. Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana called out Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, for going after Mr. Donald Trump instead of fighting crime in his own crime-plagued city. The Washington Post's Monica Hess writes, Please stop insisting that transgender kids are just struggling with puberty. No, they're being indoctrinated by school systems and sick, twisted individuals who are trying to convince them that they can possibly ever be something that they can never be the opposite sex. Investing.com writes, U.S. crude stockpiles build after a two-week draw amid another reserve pull, according to the Energy information agency. U.S. crude stockpiles saw a slight build in the week that just ended. The government agency for energy data reported in that data set, showing the Biden administration once again removed more oil from the nation's strategic petroleum reserves in an attempt to ease tight market supply that will lead to continuing rises in oil, natural gas, diesel and gasoline prices. Demand for fuel slackened just a touch last week. The weakened debate on whether the reserve pull had a biased negative impact is still out for debate. Next headline of importance. Joe Biden's doomsday plane, which the president would use in the event of a nuclear war, was spotted flying over the country of Wales. That's how they have this article written. The E-4B Night Watch is designed to withstand a nuclear blast 
It can fly for days at a time and costs only $159,529 to fly. The E-4B was spotted over the nation of Wales Tuesday ahead of the joke visit to Northern Ireland. The $223 million plane called Nightwatch is allegedly capable of surviving a direct nuclear blast. Following a nuclear attack, the President, the Secretary of Defense, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff would board the E-4B. From there, they can order nuclear strikes or execute emergency war orders from their flying war room. This according to Insider. The plane was spotted over Wales. According to the outlet, it is typical of the plane to follow closely behind Air Force One. The majority of their capabilities in that plane are classified, but supposedly it can fly for 12 hours straight without refueling, can refuel in the sky, holds 112 people, and allows it to fly for several days in a row. The U.S. Air Force told Insider about the A-4B Nightwatch. It costs almost $160,000 per hour to operate. The plane's windows are equipped with a wire mesh similar to those on the inside of a microwave oven door that allegedly prevents radiation from entering the plane. The back of the plane holds a communications center, can communicate with almost anyone in the world. It is designed that in the austere environments during or after a nuclear war, it can survive and communicate from the most cutting-edge communications technology all the way down to an old-fashioned cell phone. And with the way Joe Biden has us all headed for World War III, it's no wonder that plane is following him around everywhere he goes. Here's another article headline, North Dakota Court Blocks Biden's Water Rules. Next, the oldest member of Congress is facing calls to resign and has agreed to step back from an influential committee post. Dianne Feinstein has been in the Senate for more than 30 years and she's been staying away from her important Senate committee because of continued ill health. The nearly 90-year-old California Democrat is the oldest member of Congress, has been away from the Senate since February because of shingles, and she has missed some 58 votes. Thank God. Stay home, lady. Stay home. Don't need to ruin our country anymore. There's an article in the publication called Tell Me Best by Christy Eckert. The title is, The United States has a growing problem with crime. Here's one obvious reason why. I can tell you why. We have a judicial system that refuses to prosecute criminals because they're scared to be called racist since the vast, overwhelming majority of violent crimes in this country are committed by one specific 13% hyphenated American minority. That's the truth, but they don't want to tell you that. They want to try and blame it on the gun itself. Fox News' Jesse Waters writes, Is Michelle Obama having a Hillary moment? He reacted to former First Lady Michelle Obama's relaunch tour in her hometown ahead of the Democrat National Convention. Jesse Waters says, Remember that time in 1968 when Chicago held the Democratic Convention? I guess Democrats decided they wanted more of that because today they announced Chicago will once again be the host city for the Democrat National Convention next fall. A lot of people were surprised by the decision because Chicago is kind of the poster child for failed Democrat policies. But then it hit us. Chicago is Obama country. And I don't mean Barack. I'm talking about Michelle. And right now, Michelle is having her Hillary moment. Barry had his eight years, so Michelle is now demanding her time to shine. Michelle is on a roll. And now she is center stage. 
She had a Netflix special with Oprah. And when Oprah taps you, that means it's your time. The Obamas know it was Oprah who was the first big name to support Barack's run for the White House. So what does this mean? Well, for one, it means Michelle has another book and she wants the world to know that it's her world now, that she, not Barack, who is the real star. Did you catch this? Look at how Michelle presented Barack in the trailer. Barry's always leaning into her. She's always strong, straight up, perfect posture, dominant, you know, like a dude. Her husband's always leaning in. As my man says, green lines don't lie. So, with Joe Biden looking fragile as ever, how are we supposed to interpret the Oprah Michelle relaunch tour in her hometown, the site of the Democrat National Convention? Thanks, Jesse. I think you are correct. I think Michelle Obama will run for president. And the pandering half of the country will just fawn over her or him or whatever it actually is. I just keep hearkening back to that salt sucker creature on the original Star Trek series with the side-by-side -side photo of Michelle Obama. They look like they could be twins. Folks, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you next time. This program is recorded at Studio 63 in Bayou Country. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, who cares? Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you are offended, but I retract nothing. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.